You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. So check it out. Uh, we've uh, almost put week five to bed there, but already looking at the week six rankings. We've got one more game to talk about uh, as our takeaways, uh, wrapping that up, and then uh, we'll move on and flip the switch here to uh, week Six, with our waiver wire look, things that uh, can help you there out there in the free agency or uh, waiver wire, whether you use a fab budget or waiver priority to pick up your players or just playing free and uh, guys that you can sign there and go out and get. So that's what we do here. We, that's how it is a transition Tuesday. And to help us with the waiver wire, we'll have Eric Edholm of Pro Football Weekly join us as he always does to give us some insight on some backfield situations that we want to look at and a couple of receivers that uh, we need to just be monitoring to see how things go there for their teams, injury-wise, situation-wise. So good stuff there. Uh, I'll start with uh, looking at the Saints-Redskins game, get into some uh, quarterback options, not just for streaming purposes here in week six, but also maybe a little longer term. And then Come back later and uh, close with the uh, wide receivers, uh, tight ends, and defenses that you need to look at for week six after our hit with Eric there. So let's go right into Monday Night Football with the Redskins and Saints. This was all Saints for the most part. It was Drew Brees. He got the record and then some. Went well over here with 363 yards and three TDs. Had a long bomb to Traquan Smith, 62-yarder. Touchdown. Hit a pair of touchdowns in this uh, game there. Traquan Smith, a little coming out party with Ted Ginn. Sideline, you knew they were going to go for some big plays. And the, and the Redskins secondary obliged by letting guys streak down the field. Wide open for most of the night. And allowing Brees to easily get this record. And Smith to bust out here getting his opportunity outside is that big play deep threat we've seen in the past. Guys like uh, Devery, Henderson, and recently Ginn, they always have one of those players. And uh, Smith is that guy. The rookie just looked fantastic. Someone we're going to keep on our radar a little bit there because you just don't make a big play like that with great speed and be totally ignored. The problem here with the Saints is they really spread the ball around now and they're going to be maybe less pass dependent going forward. They're on a bye this week as well. So... Smith is not going to help you in the short term. So I know people are going to decide and you'll be picked up much like uh, Robbie Anderson after that big game. But keep in mind, deep threats with limited targets, uh, it's not something sustainable there. When I look the box score, I more look at Cameron Mayer, the 5 for 71, had a nice catch down the middle for 46 yards on five targets. So call of his targets, very efficient. Could be more involved as teams uh, shade Michael Thomas more. We saw that 4 for 74 on five targets there. So Michael Thomas really cooled off. Teams are realizing, throw it to anyone else other than Mike Thomas if you're going to do it. And uh, with Ginn out of lineup, they can uh, do that. And the Saints don't mind doing that. They're going to force it to Thomas when guys like Smith and Meredith can make plays. So that's something to keep in mind there. But I'd hang in there. Thomas is still elite receiver. I just don't think he's going to be 
as dominant as we saw in the first uh, couple weeks there when uh, there's nothing else. And Mark Ingram returned. Now, Alvin Kamara, again, I wouldn't panic if you're Alvin Kamara owner. You've had the great success from him, but nine touches for only 39 yards, no TDs. This is just a 180 uh, negative uh, space, bizarro land from what we've seen from Kamara early in the season. So you knew this was coming. These clunkers can happen even for the best fantasy players. Ingram's return, they wanted to establish him immediately. So guess what? He gets 73 yards from scrimmage on a solid 18 touches and the two TDs here. So Ingram is definitely going to come to Kamara's work. It's not a panic to where he cuts in that much, but this is also a special night for Breeze. And uh, the Saints, we're thinking about Breeze first, thinking about Kamara, or maybe as an afterthought, Mark Ingram was the, another thing they wanted to establish here in prime time. So Breeze and Ingram, it was for the veterans on this team. And Taysom Hill, unfortunately, that touchdown went to him versus Kamara or Ingram there. But they're going to involve Taysom Hill in some goal line situations. Let's hope that he's not vulturing more from uh, Kamara now at this point with Ingram also back there in the mix. For the Redskins, it was ugly. Both running backs were hurt. Adrian Peterson hurt his shoulder. Chris Thompson hurt his ribs. He got knocked around on a two-point conversion here. They still lose by 24 points, 43-19. It was just ugly for this entire backfield. Thompson seemed on his way to have a great PPR day. He was 6 for 45 and 8 for 17 on the ground before he got smacked there at the goal line in the two-point attempt. And then He's back, questionable to play. Peterson, we're not sure with the shoulder. He's an older back. So are they going to have to look more at Samaj Pirine or Rob Kelly? I would think no. I think it's going to be more Capri Bibbs here, who only four carries for nine yards, but did get that touchdown. So they did trust him near the goal line when Peterson was out. And I, I know that Pirine and Kelly have been in the doghouse so much there with this team where, yeah, I'm, I think I'm looking more at Capri Bibbs if uh, you're going to, be desperate and need a part of this Redskins rushing attack. In the receiving core, Paul Richardson was banged up near the end of the game. Jameson Crowder looked pretty good, but only four catches for 55 yards and eight targets. Jordan Reed disappeared only in one nice catch on his two targets, diving there for 21 yards. So spread it around, no real deep threat. Josh Doxson in play, had an Achilles injury. Maurice Harris had a nice play with 42 yards, but... Still, there's nothing to see here where I'm trusting any Redskins receivers or backs at this point too much unless you're really desperate. And that means you can also cut bait on Alex Smith. There's just not much to see here. They thought he'd come through more in this matchup. He was terrible in this game. Absolutely terrible. He missed a lot of throws, had an interception, lost a fumble. Was able to salvage the day with a rushing TD, but it would have been even worse than it looked without that score where they spread the field and he ran in there. So... Alex Smith, Redskins offense, everything is down here. I'm going to avoid as much as possible this situation in fantasy football. Now, Alex Smith didn't really work out as a good streamer, but Jameis Winston, I think, is going to be fine this week. He returns from a bye, just like the Redskins and Smith were last week. The Bucks were off here in week five. Come into a great, great matchup against Atlanta on the road. They usually fare well against Atlanta. This offense is a very potentially high scoring again, and this Atlanta defense can't stop anything. We saw that against Pittsburgh. So Winston, good time to return here, there, and really produce. You know the receivers all have good matchups across the board. Uh, Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans and Cameron Brait. There's just so many guys that can uh, really produce there for Winston, and you know the volume's going to be high because the Falcons are going to 
light up the Bucks defense. And there's going to be a lot of uh, throwing from Winston there in his game back. He's rested. They want to see what he can do. And, and he's going to be motivated to play well and put up some numbers here. So Winston is an I- ideal streamer for this week. Perfect, rested. You know what you're going to get. And uh, the only question mark is it's on the road, but it's Atlanta. It's indoors. It's protected, all that good stuff. Now, Baker Mayfield is a guy that I've stashed here in some leagues where it's deeper and quarterbacks are not that great. Mayfield, uh, you look at him and his potential. Solid games the back-to-back weeks. Did have some turnovers, but putting up some volume there for the Browns. It's going to be more against the Chargers, which could be a sneaky high-scoring game this week. The Chargers' pass defense played a lot better against Derek Carr last week, but... Mayfield, just a baller. He gets things done. He's going to get yardage. He's going to run around, make things happen for the Browns. They are playing at home against the Chargers as well. The matchups are good. You get the uh, benefit of playing the AFC West. You get the benefit of playing their own division there. The AFC North, the Browns do, and as well as the NFC South. So a lot of good, favorable, weak pass defenses on the schedule for Mayfield in a lot of comfortable spots, uh, mainly the dog pound. So Mayfield... I really like is going to have some good value in fantasy. Even in the 12-team leagues, I think he has some viability to play. As a, some streamers have been disappointing of late, like Joe Flacco, Blake Bortles, Smith. They were all disappointing. So Mayfield at least carries some upside, and that's what you can look at there. Derek Carr, the Seahawks uh, really got lit up there, mainly by the running game for the Rams, but they had some opportunities. They are all close little touchdowns for Todd Gurley there in terms of scoring he still was limited rushing wise so I think Derek Carr could have a rebound game it's in London against the Seahawks this week the Seahawks secondary is not very good and uh, Marshawn Lynch they'll be geared up to kind of slow him down a little bit so things are going to open up for Carr there to be productive could be another high scoring game out there across the pond in London that you can look at there for fantasy purposes and it's a technically home game for Carr but uh, yeah you just don't love him from week to week. It's hard to trust, but in terms of streaming options, you have to look at him for sure. And um, that's where I'm going to stop with the quarterbacks that I'm really zoned in on this particular week where I, you can stretch to Flacco and some of these others, uh, Marcus Mariota, but that's just not where I'm going at this point. I think Winston Mayfield should have some decent availability. Carr after last week could be dropped. So some definitely some good options there at those positions. Now, now I got to tell you, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me, who do I like to win in a particular week? They ask me how I think the points are going to go in a game. Who, who do I like in fantasy, of course? Well, let me tell you what, where you're betting is just as important as what teams you're betting on. That's why I tell everyone to go to my bookie. My bookie is the best website for online bettors that they have great reviews. They're one of the best in the business. They've been doing this for a long time and have some of the best player perks in the business. And uh, right now they have a special offer for you, a listener of Lockdown Fantasy Football. They're offering a, when you go deposit there after 7 p.m. Eastern time, after all the new bettors have left and not slammed the site as much, they're going to give you a $25 bonus that's on top of the uh, immediate uh, match up to a thousand dollars with your first deposit there so locked on 25 is the promo code that you put in there you can either go to my bookie the website or use my bookie app to do so to make it a little easier and uh, they're one of the best uh, mobile sites you'll find uh, so wagering on the go is a breeze and they have live in-game 
betting as well. So you're always close to the action. You can always change things up there and uh, put down new bets uh, while your game's in progress as well. So that's great. So check it out. This is the best time to do that when you have this offer. A little extra money to play with and uh, mainly to win with there on my bookie. So use that promo code LOCKDOWN25 after 7 p.m. to uh, maximize your deposit bonus. My bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. We'll be right back here with uh, Eric Edholm of Pro Football Weekly to help us look at the running back situations we want to look at on the waiver wire going into week six. Joining me now, as he always does here for waiver wire weekly look here, is uh, Eric Edholm of uh, Pro Football Weekly. And Eric, uh, not too many guys we're looking at specifically this week, but a lot of uh, backfields in motion, so to speak. Well, first of all, you said waiver wire weekly, and I thought the first, the fourth word was going to be "wook." Just you know, a little play on on uh, alliteration there for a minute. But yeah, you're right. It, it's such a strange time. I mean, I think we obviously injuries kind of complicate the situation in Philly, and you know, you have to figure out uh, the, the Jets sort of every other week situation, and, and there are a couple teams where. There's a lot of guesswork involved at this point. Yeah, it's not only for the short term, but it's for the long term as well. And we'll start with Philly because you brought them up. Uh, there's some rumors on the very loosest, basest surface of Le'Veon Bell possibly in the mix. J.H.I. lost for a season with the ACL. Doesn't still look good for Darren Sproles with the hamstring, but it looks like Corey Clement is going to come back this week with the ankle. You have Wendell Smallwood. What are you seeing going forward? I think this is still going to be a messy committee, but maybe a couple guys that can produce here. Yeah, I think I would probably rank Smallwood ahead right now, even though he's made some, you know, some mistakes and you know hasn't uh, you know perfectly handled his role. I think he's shown enough flash to this point where you feel excited. You know, entering the season, I thought Clement was going to be the you know that guy in that role. You know, should Ajay go down, that's the guy you want to pick up. It seems like it's changed a little bit. Obviously, Clement's injury kind of factored that in. I was dumb enough to pick up Smallwood, or sorry, I was smart enough to pick him up uh, before all this stuff happened, and then dumb enough to drop him because I had kind of a one-week uh, problem that I needed to fix and kind of regretting that move now because, you know, I mean, you look at this week's waivers, and if you're in a bidding system – I think people are going to bid upwards of $20 if he's still available in some leagues. So maybe a $30 or $40 bid in really aggressive leagues. Yeah, the hard thing to know is the limited touches. There was with Clement last year. He produced way efficiently beyond how little he was seeing the ball. And Smallwood had the big game there against the Vikings without touching the ball a lot. So that's going to be hard to think to figure out. But I think J.J. of the mix is kind of a relief there. With the 49ers, this is another situation. I think this is a little bit more clear-cut because we've seen Alfred Morris. He usually doesn't catch passes, but with Matt Breida having that high ankle sprain, he stepped right in and did that. But one guy I might look at in deeper leagues that they're going to use more, I think, in the passing game is uh, Kyle Juszczyk. Yeah, Juszczyk has the ability, especially in those PPR leagues, to – to be a pretty valuable guy. And, you know, I saw him a couple weeks ago and uh, up close and kind of felt like that was, you know, maybe one more injury away from happening. And that, that seems to be the case there. So, yeah, I mean, how it all shakes out, you know, how they handle all these injuries they've had on offense really remains to be seen because, you know, even though they completely outgained the Arizona Cardinals last week, I mean, it was still a pretty ugly performance with, 
you know, not being able to get in the end zone, not being able to convert in key situations, things like that. And, you know, maybe Raheem Mostert, if you're in a deep league too, you take a flyer on him in, in kind of these, these bi-week, uh, uh, this portion of the season or whatever. But yeah, I would, I would say use check. There's a reason why they're paying him and, you know, maybe safety valve isn't, you know, the perfect term, but I think it, it kind of does sum up what he, what he can do for this team. Now the Seahawks backfield, uh, I think we have a little bit more clarity. You never know with this team, but Chris Carson came back from the hip injury. So everyone said, okay, Mike Davis, they're not going to do anything with him, but he gets involved, runs pretty well here. Seahawks are committed to the run. They're having success with the run. The one thing is clear is that Rashad Penny's out of here, but Carson versus Davis, you think it's going to be a frustrating kind of hot hand Pete Carroll type of situation going forward? I'm a little worried about that. Yeah, because I own Carson in a couple leagues. I mean, I got him, I, you know, fairly cheaply. And, and you say to yourself, okay, Carson's still got more snaps. I think it was something like 35-25 uh, in the split there in, in the last game against the Rams. But you obviously see Davis getting enough, uh, you know, touches in key situations and doing enough with him. I mean, you know, let's face it. Obviously, Carson had the bigger yardage total. Uh, their yards per carry, I think, were pretty darn similar, five and a half, six, something like that. Um, you know, Carson's always going to be kind of a limited option in the passing game. I don't know that, you know, what did Davis have, two catches to, to Carson's one. But, yeah, I think that 35-25 split kind of reflects how they view it. But that's enough of a split for Davis to where he has some value and where Carson's values kind of hurt a little bit. Yeah, that's something very frustrating, and uh, Rashad Penny pretty much cut bait and go away from him. But one rookie that is really slow to the gate, he was in the doghouse all throughout the preseason, coming out of the bye this week, very good matchup against the Falcons. Uh, Ronald Jones, uh, are we going to see maybe a commitment to Ronald Jones? Because Peyton Barber, Jaquiz Rogers, these other guys are just not getting it done, and I think the Bucks really need to think about running to protect their defense and uh, not be in these shootouts all the time. Yeah, it's such a weird situation with him. And I think we discussed him a couple weeks ago as somebody you want to definitely keep your eye on, maybe, you know, make a little perspective play on if you have a little bench space and can afford the roster spot, that sort of thing. The bye week probably has been pretty big for him, I would imagine. And like you said, they've they've tried the Barber thing. They've tried the Rogers thing. That there's, you know, those guys aren't terrible players, but there's a real ceiling to what they can accomplish. And what was he, the 40th pick in the draft? I mean, there's a reason why they took yeah, him. Yeah, he was taking ahead of on Johnson. So Yeah. Oh, right. I mean, you know, and, and not too far behind Penny and Michelle and those guys. So pretty rich territory. And, and, you know, they haven't gotten a lot out of their draft class thus far. So obviously this is kind of a crucial time in their season. You win too impressively, you lose too not so impressively, and, and here you are facing this kind of make or break section I think they've got you know three out of four on the road but yeah I you know this week for me is all about making adjustments you don't want to go away from the deep passing game even with a quarterback switch but like you said if you want to have some semblance of balance they're going to see some five and six man boxes you've got to have a draw play there you've got to have a screen I mean we're not talking about high level advanced passing game stuff that he's not ready for Look, we saw it in college. He's a limited receiver in terms of his his route running and catching and all that. But in the preseason, he made up what was it a thirty seven yard catch? It was a beautiful grab down the sideline. It was the best play he made all preseason. That was at least a flash of they've got to get that a way to unlock that playmaking potential. So you face the Falcons this week. Maybe this is 
not a full breakout of Vinny, but I think a chance for him to put up 60 or 80 yards in the right situation. The, the, the game last week or two weeks ago against the Bears, that just got out of hand, and, and the, the game script ruined any chance for him to break out. Yeah, we'll have to watch him. And this other backfield has been very frustrating for sure. fantasy owners is the Vikings with Dalvin Cook, the hamstring. He traded the knee issue for a lingering hamstring issue. Then you have Latavius Murray. You think, okay, this guy's been productive when he's been down in the past. But he hasn't been getting it done. This offensive line stinks. Now Riley Reef is hurt. Now, do you think they'll give the chance? This is a team that I think also needs a semblance of balance. Rock Thomas has been okay, but I would like to see them maybe give Mike Boone a chance. Do you think he's going to get it? He looked really good here, and I think he was their best back, and I think he was a leading rusher in the NFL in the preseason. Yeah, and, and perfect segue, too, because earlier I mentioned I dropped Smallwood. The guy I dropped him for was Mike Boone because I, I forget what the game was. It would have been probably the Bills game. Yeah, it was right before the Bills game. I had Smallwood on my roster, and I said, I'm going to go get Mike Boone, and, and like I said, it was a foolish move at the time. Maybe I was about two or three weeks early on this thing. But Boone is very interesting to me. And, and if you if anyone who saw him his, what, sophomore year at Cincinnati, I mean, he looked like, whoa, who's this guy? You know, breaking tackles and making little subtle cuts. He almost looked like a – maybe like a, a Alfred Morris type. I mean, I'm trying to think of what the comp would be for him. But he but he had this, this innate ability to kind of scratch out yards and – gain contact and or you know gain yards after contact and things like that and he was very intriguing but injuries kind of set him back and the Vikings you know felt compelled to keep him on the roster that was something that I think reflected how much they liked him like you said Rock Thomas also got a spot too but this this might be a, a place for him and and you know, not the most daunting defense is facing them the next month of the season before they get to that that Bears game or whatever. So I, I yeah, I think this is. I'm a little leery because I just don't know what their plan is, and I don't know what Cook's health is going to be. But he could be a, a a surprise contributor here in the next month or so. Now, one last uh, team that we have to look at that's just uh, ugly as well is the Texans. Because Lamar Miller hasn't been good, first of all. And then he had a chest injury. <laughs> he missed the Cowboys game. They say he might be back here for the Bills game. The Bills are a decent matchup. Alfred Blue, seems like whenever he gets a chance, he does enough decent work to scratch out some RB2 numbers. But we know he's not long-term. Then there's Dante Foreman, who is coming off pup here with that Achilles issue Foreman, I think just has the biggest upside. And I think if you're going for short term, you might look at blue, but alongside it, especially of an IR spot spot to maybe buy your time with him. I think I'm going Foreman. I think I am too. I, I don't know that I'm buying fully in and, and uh, what you're not a big Gregory Howell fan. I know they've got no. <laughs> Tyler Irvin, right? All these other guys on the roster who, probably don't deserve uh, roster spots, but that just reflects how badly they've been hurt and how limited they are. You're right. I mean, you know, it's, it's so tough to watch them have to give it to Miller when he's healthy. And then, you know, like you said, blue is just sort of a good, good guy to have around. I, I think, I think Foreman, you know, there was the sense that coming into this year before we knew his health, okay, there's enough upside there. There's enough potential there to make him a really good kind of change up to what Miller gives you. And so, yeah, I, I think I could see that, you know, and, and I'm trying to think of how their schedule lines up. They've got, what, Buffalo this week. Then I think they face some tougher defenses. But, yeah, I mean, by the time that Denver game rolls around, 
you know, maybe maybe he's in form. I don't know if people can be or maybe even the Dolphins for that matter. So the Dolphins and Broncos games in weeks eight and nine look pretty, pretty uh, promising. And maybe he shows enough, uh, you know, coming up pretty soon here that, that it gives you some value. I guess I would put that a little bit more on the back burner, but it's good sort of progressive thinking ahead if you want to do that. Now, a couple more questions I'll get to you before we get out of here with the Rams and Seahawks. In that same game, a couple of things developed there with the Rams. I'll, I'll start with them. Uh, Brand Cooks and Cooper Cup had concussions. There's a chance one or both may need to miss the game coming up here in Denver this week. Josh Reynolds, they plugged yeah. him in and played him. Do you think he's a guy that just the system is so good that he's going to find a role and they're going to get the ball to him? Yeah, five straight 30-point games. You know, obviously they had that drive there where Cup was that first uh, drive into the red zone where, you know, Cup was off the field. And I, you know, look, I don't know how Robert Woods continues to get get, get open even when guys are going down with injury. I think Cooks got banged up. And, you know, and then Reynolds comes up with a few big plays too. And you say to yourself, these are the kind of fantasy teams you're looking for. You know, I say teams obviously because – You've got Gurley, you've got Goff, you've got Sean McVay calling brilliant scheme-busting offensive plays. You know, whatever the defense runs, we've got a solution for it. They're in that kind of 2001 Rams, 2007 Patriots, 2013 Broncos mode where you expect 30 points every single week. That means somebody is getting the ball and it doesn't have to be one of their blue blood guys. So, yeah, with these injuries, I mean, Josh Reynolds has been a guy who – Hasn't been called on a lot, but when he has, he's played really well. He's had some big preseason games too, and and he's tough. He's got some size. He's fairly quick for his size. Kind of like it, and I think there's you know there's obviously potential here for you know even though they've got some games on the road, some some these are really teams that they're gonna you know still try to outshoot you know and 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 still you know obviously don't have to win with their defense, and maybe they can't do it. So yeah, Reynolds is, is absolutely a guy to keep an eye on. On the other side of things, uh, Doug Baldwin, I get it. The knee is there. The age is there. Things are starting to happen with him. The decline is there. But at the same time, a sneaky move in the same week was Brandon Marshall. They went away from him, went to this David Moore fellow. They talked him up in practice. Second-year player there. And two touchdowns. Do we have to pay attention to this guy? Is it a fluky game? Or is this guy have some juice? And given the state of the receiving car, which is pretty much Tyler Lockett, do we have to start looking at him? Yeah, and I mean, Baldwin played a heavy snap total and, and, and more. They gave him more reps, and, and he responded. I mean, the second touchdown came against uh, Marcus Peters. Now, Peters may still be dealing with that ankle, but still, anytime a young player has a game like that where it's, you know, two touchdowns out of the blue, a big yardage total, you know, Kiki QT the week before, whatever it may be, any kind of – I try to go back and watch the game and say – were they fluky situations? Was it at the end of the game? Was it at the end of the half? Was it, you know, uh, did the defensive back fall down? What, what are the circumstances? But you watch his game, and look, I mean, he did pretty well. I, and it, these, these didn't appear to be fluky things. They appeared to be the first reads. They appeared to be situations where Russell Wilson trusted him. So, I mean, those are things that I say, hey, they, they more than passed the eye test. You know, this, this feels like somebody that they want to get the ball to. So, yeah, Marshall one target, no catches. Baldwin one catch for a, for a yard. Is that right? One yard, I think. And they need all the. I mean, look, I'm all for throwing Nick Vanette the ball and all. <laughs> you know, Tyler Lockett's really good at what he does, but this is this is somebody who's I think earned a role with with a very nice performance on Sunday. 
Yeah, we, we have to uh, definitely watch that. You can't ignore players in fantasy football. I think that's the number one rule in the waiver yeah. wires that the running back plugging in or a young wide receiver that's uh, making some plays and some situations change. you got to always pay attention. That's why it's always good to have a guy like Eric at home here, a pro football weekly to break <laughs> down. Uh, so what are you working there on at PFW uh, this week? Yeah, doing some stuff. Uh, you know, Bears go down to uh, Miami for kind of a fascinating matchup of three and two teams, seemingly, or three win teams, I should say, heading in opposite directions. So, doing something on on what's happened to the Miami Dolphins offense the last couple of weeks, and you can look at the line and look at how their injuries up front have really hurt them. So, kind of kind of keeping an eye on that and uh, doing my true 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 turnovers list like I do every single week and kind of charting uh, which teams actually create the most possessions out there in the NFL. All right, yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, possessions mean points and more fantasy scoring. Yes. So thanks a lot, Eric. Uh, we'll talk to you next week uh, for Weekly Waiver Wire. Sounds good, man. Talk to you then. Thanks so much to Eric at home of Pro Football Weekly to giving us that insight and his takes on all his backfield situations. We'll have to see how they play out, but uh, definitely things we want to monitor because backfields you can never ignore. It's the hardest position to fill in fantasy football on the waiver wire. Well, when you're looking at those players, you're trying to increase your performance in fantasy football, but you got to increase your performance wherever you're at. And you got to get that extra confidence when you're in bed. And I, I got to tell you, you got to go check out bluechew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew gives you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work and you know exactly how they work. So you got to get that performance enhancer sometime that's uh, good for you, and uh, you can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as pills, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door and is a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. You know how that goes. You want to be able to be ready to go and uh, just uh, not tell anyone about it, and but still be confident that you're getting the best product. And with Blue Chew, you're getting a product that's made in the USA, and they prepare and ship directly to you, and they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And right now, for listeners like you of Lockdown Fantasy Football, there's a special offer. You visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. That's the promo code Locked On to take advantage of that offer. It's, uh, again, BlueChew.com. B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. BlueChew.com is the better, cheaper, and faster choice. And we thank them again for sponsoring Locked On Fantasy Football. Now when we get back, we will look at uh, the other wide receivers, tight ends, and defense that uh, you want to target in waiver wire this week. So looking at uh, receivers, uh, we saw some uh, situations redevelop here. There, uh, Robbie Anderson showed up for the Jets. All of a sudden, Quincy Nunwa hurting and not being a part of his offense, uh, kind of splitting time with uh, Jermaine Curse and Terrell Pryor. But Anderson, the deep play, big play threat is back there. They've been kind of holding back maybe with Sam Darnold, getting that power running game going a little bit more. But there was Darnold. They want to throw the ball down the field. That's what Darnold is good at. Anderson connects in a couple touchdowns. You have to put him back on the radar. He was off the radar totally last week. So, 
Anderson over Ununwa right now going forward. That was a quick change. So you always have to be ready for adapting situations like that. Now, Geronimo Allison, we have to see with a concussion. He was dropped in a lot of leagues last week because teams had to change up roster spots and all that. So he's a guy with the Packers, probably the last call for him. Kiki Kuti, we recommended him with Will Fuller hurting last week. Now, Will Fuller came back, but limited there against the Cowboys. Tough matchup. They got Kuti involved, and he was fantastic in the game. So he's not going anywhere. They don't use the tight end. It's pretty much three receivers. And now with the Lamar Miller hurting, Alfred Blue is just a guy receiver out of the backfield. Don't use, again, tight end. So these three receivers are going to be involved. They throw a lot here with uh, Deshaun Watson, 300-yard games consistently now. So the opportunity is going to be there for QT. So last call for those two guys, Allison working with Rodgers and QT working with Deshaun Watson. Muhammad Sanu is a matchup-based guy, but another matchup is looking good here. There's no doubt that Julio Jones is getting more attention, and uh, so is uh, Calvin Ridley. So then things opening up and for Sanu in the slot. He's had three straight really productive games here. The Bucks are nothing scary. So streamer, but also someone that has viability as a wide receiver three going forward that I would look at as well. Now, Antonio Callaway was a little doghoused by the Browns for his disappointment. He wasn't very good there last week against the Ravens. But now Rashard Higgins is going to probably miss some time. They need a Receiver there to step up on the outside. Uh, Jarvis Landry getting a lot of attention. So they're going to have to play more of Callaway. And I think Callaway, we've been waiting for the breakout. It's going to be hard here with uh, Casey Hayward possibly uh, being on the outside and kind of limiting the rookie there, Callaway, because he's not going to go inside for Landry. So I see it more of a Jarvis Landry game against the Chargers. But Callaway definitely has some big upside, as we've seen there early season, even Tyrod Taylor against the New Orleans Saints. Now, Taylor Gabriel coming off the bye is a guy I'm really targeting here. He's involved a lot in the Bears' offense. The Dolphins' uh, secondary has one good corner there in Xavier Howard. He's going to be probably matched up more with Allen Robinson. But going forward, Taylor Gabriel can be a useful player. He's really the number two on that list with Anthony or on that team with the Anthony Miller hurting for sure for the Bears. So they got to get more people involved. Uh, and I think you look at uh, Robinson maybe getting some attention. Gabriel is still going to get his there. Chris Godwin definitely is in the mix. We'll have to see how it works out with Winston getting in there. But they want to use the three receivers a lot. And uh, keep in mind that Winston has good chemistry with Adam Humphreys and Cameron Braid. So that could uh, limit Godwin a little bit. But the volume is going to still be there. They want to get Godwin involved. He's considered the 2A, 2B with uh, Deshaun Jackson there. Jackson's been balling out. So maybe some more attention to uh, Jackson and Evans will open things up for Godwin. I mean, we talked about uh, Smith and the opener, Traquan Smith and Cameron Meredith. I think I'm going more Meredith in terms of uh, if I'm going for floor, my lap ceiling, I'm looking more at Traquan Smith and uh, if you can take a chance there as well. And uh, the same things with the rookies we talked about last week, Marquez Valdez, Stan Lane, Christian Kirk, DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton. They're all rising on their teams pretty fast. Go after these guys and go get them. At tight end, we have... uh, Cameron Braid, as I mentioned, the chemistry with James Winston, he scored in back-to-back games. O.J. Howard is hurt. High-scoring game. Falcons can't cover the tight end. Everything circles well for Cameron Braid in this particular week. Uh, you look at Jack Doyle, we'll have to see if he's coming back for the Colts, but the Jets have struggled against the tight end. and I don't think Doyle's going to cut into Eric Ebron too much here early in the season, but uh, Doyle is going to have some inline value there. And uh, Remember, they're not so sold on... Uh, wide receivers beyond T.Y. Hilton. So 
We'll have to see how that situation develops, see if Hilton can return this week, but Doyle definitely has that ability. C.J. Zuma steps in that golden matchup against the Steelers secondary that can't stop the tight end. Austin Hooper just had a big game, so Zuma more usable this week if you need him. Hey, Nurse is probably going to play more for the Ravens. The Titans have been pretty decent against the tight end, but Hurst, hopefully they'll get some more snaps for him so he can be a bigger factor. And then Greg Olson, if you have him on the injury list, you can get close to activating him. He's going to be there helping out your team pretty soon. There it is, maybe as early as this week against the Redskins. So Olsen definitely in the play again. At defense, uh, a lot of people dropped the Seahawks, but they're playing the Raiders this week. Derek Carr and his mistake-prone ways in London. Seahawks want to put on a show out there. So I would expect the Seahawks uh, to uh, rebound there after that brutal matchup with the Rams and be rather productive this week. I look at uh, another team I'm looking at is the Packers. They're at home against the 49ers. Cardinals had a big defensive day there. The Packers, uh, looking at them, it's a primetime bump. C.J. Beathard is putting up some yards, but also making a ton of mistakes. Packers need this game. They'll be desperate. They'll come out and play hard, much like we saw in the Bills game at home a couple weeks ago. So Seahawks and Packers are my top two streamers that I'm really looking at. And uh, don't sleep on the Colts. I actually like them to win the game. They're going to get healthier here. Have the mini buy. A lot of guys on the defensive side hurt. I think a lot of them will return against the Jets playing a rookie quarterback. I'm going there in that direction this week. And uh, I think Minnesota, if we've been uh, off them for a while, I think after their performance against the Eagles scoring a touchdown there, they're going to keep that momentum up against the Cardinals at home. So if somebody let them go, just with the disappointed, you're going to go uh, back there to that well so a lot of different options this has been a good year for streaming defenses because you have so many rookie quarterbacks and uh, teams in flux and some uh, struggling offenses at times that they don't match up well against particular defenses and you got to take advantage of, of that so there you go there's your look at the waiver wire for week six a comprehensive uh, start with quarterbacks you got eric at home to help us with running backs Wide receivers, tight ends, uh, defense, you always have to be looking for help to upgrade your team, especially in the middle of the season when injuries and uh, bye weeks can strike. Uh, you want to have as much depth as possible, and that's what we're here to help you do on Locked On Fantasy Football. So we'll flip the script tomorrow as we look specifically at the Week 6 game matchups with uh, Jeff Ratcliffe of Pro Football Focus. So check out that show, uh, another good show with Eric today. Hopefully uh, you've got some uh, good tips here to uh, really upgrade your team going forward. And uh, sometimes it's about the next week, sometimes it's about the following week, but that's why you always have to look to pick up and upgrade your team. We've upgraded an experts edition here on Locked on Fantasy Football. We're glad you've joined us and uh, keep joining us here. We'll get you through with uh, matchup looks tomorrow and a DFS advice on Thursday. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.